the Gilda's maximum lawyers community of legal entrepreneurs who are taking their businesses and lives to the next level. As a Guild member, you'll build relationships, be held accountable, and learn strategies specifically designed to get you unstuck and accelerate your plan for growth. Members are also granted exclusive access to masterminds hosted around the country. Our next event is coming up, and we're heading to Scottsdale, Arizona. There's something truly magical about the power of these in-person connections where real-time breakthroughs happen. Picture this. You're surrounded by like-minded law firm owners tackling your business and mindset challenges together. The energy is electric, the insights are transformative, and the results are game-changing. Investing in yourself is the best decision you'll ever make. The knowledge, strategies, and breakthroughs you'll gain are priceless assets that will supercharge your practice and propel you forward. Join the Guild and secure your ticket to Scottsdale at the best possible price by visiting maxlawevents.com. In California, we have a lot of State Farm offices and every city State Farm selling insurance, but there's maybe two in each, each city. And so I kind of see a, a hole in the market where people are going back to local businesses as opposed to just going on the web. They want someone local. And so that's what we're trying to replicate, I guess. Run your law firm the right way. This is the Maximum Liar Podcast. Your hosts, Jim Hacking and Tyson Mutrix. Let's partner up and maximize your firm. Welcome to the show. Welcome back to the Maximum Lawyer Podcast. I'm Jim Hacking. And I'm Tyson Mutrix. What's up, Jimmy? Tyson, it feels like we haven't recorded in a while and we haven't really talked. I know we've been chit-chatting about the conference, but we haven't had one of our calls in a while. Yeah, it's been at least two weeks. I think it's been two weeks. It's it hasn't been three quite, but it's been two. I know we've been texting a lot. We email all the time. We text a lot. We message on Facebook a lot. But we've not physically or actually spoken for at least a week. So it's, it's kind of weird. Well, I'm excited about our guest today. It's one of our longtime listeners. It's Ryan Sargent from California. Ryan, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me, guys. I'm excited to be here. So... I met Ryan because he knows Ryan McKean. I think that's how we met Ryan. Um, because Ryan Sargent is a Filevine power user, but he's also just an, a, a really, really great business owner. So uh, you have a lot to offer. So I'm, I'm really excited to get you on, Ryan. But talk, tell us a little bit about your story and sort of how you got to where you are now. Yeah, that's a it's a, it's a good question. I know that's how we always start off the podcast. So to make some notes this morning before I hopped on the call. So I took the bars and passed on my license in uh, 2008. And uh, at the time, I, I just got married and I just wanted a job close to my house. So I just would go on, uh, no prospects, the economy was pretty bad. So I would literally go on the internet and research firms and probably pick out five to 10 firms. And then kind of crazy, but I would just get a stack of resumes and just show up at the law firm and ask to speak to whoever was in charge and got turned away probably 95% of the time. And so after about four weeks of doing that, I ended up getting hired on the spot with a, a personal injury firm in town and worked there for about two years, um, doing mostly litigation on personal injury cases. And just wasn't happy there. Uh, you know, I always kind of knew in the back of my head I was going to start my own shop. 
And so I got a little bit of experience, saved up some money, and then uh, jumped out on my own in 2010 without really a plan and just kind of knew it would work, but didn't know how to, didn't really know what I was doing. So I was a sole practitioner from 2010 to around 2015. You know, when I started out, I had, I think, two cases that were, I took with me that were friends of mine and didn't have a website. And I just assumed that, you know, all the doctors we'd worked with that that knew me were going to start sending me cases, but that didn't really work out. And so, you know, after the first year, I think I had maybe 14 cases, which, you know, if you do personal injury cases, that's not a lot. And so then I, you know, I had time. And so I started, I got a website built and then really just with my spare time started figuring out how to do SEO on my own. And I would spend probably three quarters of my time learning SEO and, and just kind of bootstrapping that on my own. And that started clicking a little bit. And then I think the second year, you know, I had a, a little bit of a bigger case, but not much, you know, maybe 40 cases. And then there's a, a big firm down in San Diego, great guys at the law firm is Esky and Bomberger. And so I just called them just to pick their brain to see if, uh, you know, they were successful and have a great reputation in, in the San Diego legal community. And, and just in California, they're great lawyers. And they started referring me cases. And so I was getting all the overflow from them. And then that kind of, you know, in, in line with the cases from the internet, I started getting, we started kind of getting a little more cases, but. And then in 2000, about 2015, you know, I kind of just had the idea that I would get a big case and, you know, I'd get a million dollar settlement. And that was, that was kind of my plan, you know, just keep, keep chugging along and then you're going to get a big case here and a big case there. And that wasn't happening. You know, I wasn't getting really large cases that I thought. And so I realized I needed to do something different. And uh, I met Ken Hardison, um, who owns a company called Pilma, which is Personal Injury Lawyers Management and Marketing Association. And I joined that and uh, I went to there. They have a big annual summit. I went there and I randomly sat down to a, it's actually one of my best friends now. His name's Matt Dubin. He's a personal injury lawyer in Seattle. And uh, he eventually talked me into joining the mastermind. And so around that time, I, I made a big shift from I'm going to be a sole practitioner to, I got to grow, grow my firm. And so I, I started, uh, you know, really focusing on the analytics and a big thing with a lot of the people in Selma and mastermind is just knowing your numbers, you know, your key performance indicators in terms of intake and case metrics and stuff like that. And so, you know, from there, I just kind of organically grew it to where I'm at now. And, you know, it's not perfect, but things are kind of moving along in a in a good direction that I'm happy with. So, we uh, we have five associates and a handful of staff that kind of varies depending on turnover, and uh, we're busy, which is I'm I'm happy. All right, Ryan. Well, that was quite a tale, and I enjoyed hearing your your journey. I want to jump back to the hustle. I love the hustle of knocking on doors looking for a job, and I think that even even now, some of our newer attorneys don't know how hard it was back then. Uh, how the market was so bad and no one was hiring, everything was dead. And talk a little bit about that and then talk about those weeks leading up to your decision to go out on your own after your, your little stint with the firm. Yeah, I mean, that's, that's that kind of mindset of just getting told no over and over is 
is it's good. You know, it's good to get that experience. Um, you know, I was really grateful for the first position I had. I got a lot of good experience in those first two years. And then I just wasn't happy personally. And, and so, I mean, I was making decent money. You know, I took that first year after I left, I think I made 40 grand on as a solo. And the year before I'd made like 240. So it was a pretty big drop down in, in a pay cut. Um, but I really had no plan. I didn't know what I was doing. There wasn't a maximum lawyer podcast. There, the information that's readily available on the web now was not there. And so there really wasn't a roadmap for me until I really joined Pilma and, and, you know, but that was five years later. So, you know, it was a good, good start. And if I could obviously go back in time, I would do things a lot differently, uh, you know, but there's a lot of, you just got to hustle. You know, I, I think one of the things as a, even still is the fear that, you know, maybe the phone stops ringing tomorrow. And so that's what keeps me moving. I'm, I always want to keep the phone ringing because that's what keeps the lights on, in, in my opinion. So, Ryan, you have multiple offices, which is pretty impressive from where you started. So tell us a little bit about how you got to you sitting in an office by yourself to having several offices. Yeah, so when I first started out, I, I had a cell phone and a laptop, and I worked out of my condo um, with a newborn baby, which was great. You know, I wouldn't change it for the world. I got to spend a lot of time with my daughter, who's now eight, you know, when she was brand new. So I'm, I'm very grateful for that time. But, you know, I, I first rented a Regis office and would meet with clients there. And then eventually, uh, you know, everyone kept telling me, keep your overhead as low as possible. You know, that was the advice I was getting from all these other lawyers. And so I finally, eventually I rented like a shared space for 500 bucks a month. And, you know, as we, I started realizing that I, when I could afford it, I needed my own office. And so we, we opened one, uh, I finally leased a space and, eventually filled it up with people. And then the plan was just to try to reach out geographically. And so I rented a couple virtual offices and they, they started, my, my phone started ringing there, you know, because we were doing stuff on the web. And um, for a while I was going to just keep everyone in one place and just use those as virtual offices. But as you know, Google Google has changed their rules, so eventually we just started spreading them out. And so even my mindset with that has shifted a little bit in the last you know couple months um, with with what I want to do with that. But yes, yeah, it's, it's a challenge being in different places. I know a lot of guys that have multiple locations. It's hard to be everywhere at once. And so, but you know, there's the offices that we have are spread out, and so that time on the road going back and forth to just sign up a case, you know, if you spend two and a half hours in the car, it's wasted time. So that's, that was kind of part of the the thought to have people in the actual offices, as opposed to just having a team in one place and, and then driving out there to meet with clients. So talk to us how that works. How do you, how do you, how many people do you have at each office? What's the setup at each office and how do you manage it? Yeah, so we use Filevine for our case management software. Everything we use is in the cloud, and so communication-wise, that's it's pretty easy. Um, and so the the basically the the game plan that I have in terms of as we grow is to have two attorneys in one office with a legal assistant, and then and that's going to be I'm, I'm breaking it into more of like branches, almost like 
in California, we have a lot of state farm offices in every city, state farm selling insurance, but there's maybe two in each each city. And so I kind of see a, a hole in the market where people are going back to local businesses as opposed to just going on the web. They want someone local. And so that's what we're trying to replicate, I guess. But in terms of managing the people, I mean, just using our case management software, and we have a, a handful of reports that allows me to see the forest from the trees uh, to make sure cases are moving along. And so that's really how I manage every everyone is through the reporting in FileVine. And they integrate with a software called Domo that has dashboards. And so it's really just using the reports. You know, I could be anywhere and see what's going on at, at all times. So Ryan, I I was convinced to use FileVine after I saw you, know, you, you how you would set yours up, and I, I think it's pretty freaking awesome. But why do you think though that that why FileVine is the right tool for you when it comes to running multiple offices? I mean, can you be a little bit more specific? Like, how does it make your life easier? Yeah. So. I've tried a handful of different case management softwares, A, being in the cloud. I know most case management softwares are in the cloud, so it's kind of an afterthought now. But, you know, when I started out with FileVine, it was one of the very few personal injury-specific softwares that was in the cloud. So as we've grown and, and FileVine's grown as well, there's a, there's a handful of reports that I use to be able to, to manage everyone. So, for example, we have a a client contact report. And so every time we speak with the client or the client sends an email or a text message into our system, whoever does that puts a little note in what we call the client contact tab and it tracks that date. And then there's a, a report that you run that has the latest date a client was contacted. And so I have a rule in the firm, every client, every 30 days. And so we just run that report. You know, it's if it's April 1st, and the the latest date on that report is, you know, February. That's been too long. And so we can really go through and find the outliers on the report and make sure that gets done. And so that's that's just a small example of one of the reports that I use that's really important because communication is obviously one of the, the keys to our cases. And so that's that's a that's a basic report that we use, but it's one of the most important ones. So that's an example of one of the tools that we use within FileVine. You know, with FileVine, one thing I liked when I first signed up with it is the text messaging with clients back and forth, and it keeps it all organized. I'm an idea guy. It's funny. I was chatting with my wife a couple of weeks ago, and she was like, you know, you're kind of like an artist where you have all these ideas and, and you want to get stuff done, but I'm a terrible executor. And so I've had to force myself to be very organized on the cases, especially as we've grown, uh, you know. I got to keep everyone organized so I can make sure that things are getting done, you know, with how we have it set up. Totally get that. I often feel that I'm an idea guy and I need an implementer. That's one of the great things about having my wife join our firm is she's, she's very much an implementer. We're talking with Ryan Sargent. He's a personal injury lawyer out in California with multiple offices. Ryan, tell us, uh, how do you do workflow? Does, does the team send work back and forth between the offices? Is each office independent? And then sort of how do you structure things salary-wise with your associates? Yeah, so to answer the first question, I've actually completely changed our workflow in the last month. We had a lot of – we break the case into phases, first of all, and I, I would highly recommend that to 
regardless of which practice area you use. And so we break our case into specific phases. And so with each phase, there's automated tasks that come with that phase. So for example, in new client setup, which is one of our first, once we sign a case, it goes to the new client setup phase. And so we used to have maybe 15 tasks that would automatically appear in our feed that needed to get done. I've actually gone back and switched it to where we now have a new case setup tab with those tasks and dates for them to get completed and who completes them and the documents get saved there. And so now the task associated with that phase is just complete new case setup tab. And there's a little more accountability and, and it makes it easier. Um, when people are working, I think it's easier for everyone in the office to see one tab that has all that that's been done on that phase in one section as opposed to having 15 tasks that need to get checked off because our feeds were getting just filled up with too many tasks. So I've actually gone back and, and changed it a little bit recently, um, but I just try to keep it simple. And so we don't separate, kind of to your second question, we don't separate the cases by office location. They just get assigned based on case volume with each associate. So I have a specific number. So for pre-litigation, I want to keep them between 80 and 90 cases. Litigation is a little different, and that number kind of fluctuates because the complexity of cases. And so every once in a while, that that litigation number of cases on the litigation attorneys is a little different. That can change. But so we just monitor who has how many cases. And it really doesn't matter which office location they're at because, frankly, the clients rarely come into the office. And so we have it all. It really doesn't matter where the person working is at, you know. So that's kind of how we, we divvy up the work, I guess, is is more based on metrics of volume of cases versus location. I was wondering about that because my goal as you know is to have an office out with you in San Diego and my thought was well how am I going to um, get the work to go back and forth between St. Louis and San Diego I'm thinking like a smaller office in California and then having the bulk of the work down here I'm sure with the cloud and everything that a lot of that's sort of easy yeah with Fileline it's so easy I mean you can really see all the work in one place. It doesn't matter where the work gets done. We're all paperless. And so regardless of where the mail comes in, if it gets scanned in right away, you can see it wherever you're at. Ryan, I want to stay with this theme for a second. Um, do, you, do you use virtual assistants? And then uh, uh, another question with that, if, if you do or if you don't, it doesn't really matter. What other tools do you help uh, what other tools do you use that help you manage the multiple offices? So we don't use virtual assistants. We, I've, I've been looking into it. And I've talked with Sandy Van a little bit. I know you guys have a lot of friends that, that do use them efficiently. You know, I, I really like having people in the office that are there. If clients want to come in, they can meet them. I also like employing people in my local communities. So we don't use the virtual assistants, but the tools that we use to, to keep it all kind of centralized is A, our phone system is a VoIP system. It's, we use Ring Central. So we order a desktop phone and it plugs into an Ethernet cord. 
So it doesn't matter where the phone is, as long as it's plugged in, everyone can dial into another staff extension and it just it buzzes them right there. We use Google for the Google Business Suite for email, and that integrates with FileVine. And then we also use Ringbird as our call center. And so I have it set up so if you call the office, and there's some glitches here and there, but if you call the office, we have a phone tree. So extension one is for a potential new client. All other calls are extension two. If you don't hit anything, it'll it'll ring anyways. And so on the potential clients, those go to the call center. They basically triage it and then do a warm transfer back to the office so they can speak with an attorney. And then we get a that that phone call, we get text messages and also emails with the transcript of that initial intake. And then that also, we just transitioned into using lead docket to manage our leads as well. And so that phone call will automatically get pulled into lead docket. And, and so that's kind of the breakdown of the software that we're using and, and the flow. You know, when I was a sole practitioner, one of the, the most difficult parts is, you know, when you get a potential new client, you got to take that call. And as we got busier and I had no staff, it was just killing me. You know, I had a, a separate line and, you know, I can't even count how many times I'd be eating dinner with my family and I, that, that phone would ring and I'd, I'd got to go take a, a new, new potential client call. And so when I switched to the call center and this phone tree, it really freed up a lot of my time to be able to work on the cases that I had and also work on the business. And so I really like using the call center to, to triage. We also have it set up so if we don't pick up a phone call in the office during the day, that after a handful of rings, it will automatically click over to the call center. And so whoever is calling is always going to speak with someone. So we don't have any voicemails. So it frees up having to monitor voicemail as well. Ryan, what do you enjoy spending your time doing at the firm? Are you a guy that likes to work on cases? To Think of ways to grow the firm, to manage the firm. Where where do you fall on that entrepreneurial spectrum? So I'm on the the far side where I've been in transition for about a year and a half to just managing the firm and not doing any cases. I have a, a handful of cases assigned to me now, but my ideal position would just be doing marketing and and some management. I hired a managing attorney, and so she's gonna she's been helping me doing a lot of the management side of of the legal work, um, but I my my long term goal is to just be on the marketing and management side and doing no legal casework. But I also still enjoy speaking with the clients as well. So it's it's a little bit of a balance there. I'm a people person, so I really enjoy. That's what I really like about personal injury is you know getting to know our clients and people that live around us. So it's a it's a balance. But I w- I'm on the far spectrum where if I never had to do any more actual legal work, I'd be okay with that. So I haven't asked this question in a while, Ryan, but since you are who you are and you are a avid listener of the podcast, I want to ask it to you. What is the thing that you struggle with the most? Yeah, I actually figured you're going to ask me that. So I, I thought about it this morning when I was at the gym. I think that the one, there's two things. One is, is more, I'm a terrible executor executioner. And so I have a lot of ideas, but I'm terrible at getting them executed and implemented. And so that's been part of my Achilles heel in terms of that's my personality. You know, 
is getting completing those ideas that I have and getting them implemented firm wide. And and that's why I've hired a managing attorney. She's the complete opposite. She gets stuff done, and so, and so it, it's going to really help executing on a lot of those things. I get excited about you know there's so many new ideas, and so part of that transition to being more of a manager than an operational technician within the firm is I stopped going to all conferences, all 2018 and even 2019. I'm not going to go to any. I'm speaking at a Filevine conference, but you just get bombarded with so many things that you could do. And that takes away from the time that you could be finishing the stuff you already have in, in front of you. And then I think the second thing in terms of my business growing is I've always struggled with knowing when to hire in terms of the business growth. And, and we're going through this right now. So we're going to, we're hiring more people than we need to try to get ahead of it. So that's, that's really been a difficult part for me to figure out when do we hire within the business growth. It's a difficult thing to figure out and it, it kind of can change. So that those, those two things I would say have been two things that I've, I've struggled the most with professionally. I feel like you've been following me around for a couple of days and answering that question for me. Uh, those are both. <laughs> uh, I think that it's easy to beat ourselves up too for not being able to implement all of our ideas. Um, but I think that if you really sit back and look at what you have accomplished to build a firm with four offices and all cloud-based and that's actually operating well, I think you should really take a second and pat yourself on the back. And I also think hiring people ahead of time is really the way to go. You know, Tyson and I had Ali Bilson on a couple of weeks ago, and I've told him several times, and I've told people that I'm haunted by one of the things that he said, and that was that our capabilities do not always match our opportunities. And that really has stuck with me because I think that perhaps the greatest inhibitor of all of our growth is not growing fast enough. I know that sounds strange, but what I mean is that sometimes I think we're limiting ourselves by not um, looking at the opportunities themselves and figuring out who can help us fulfill those things instead of trying to get it all done with what we have. Yeah, I think it's very wise. I mean, that you put it, you said it very well. It's, it's, you do get in your own way quite a bit, I think. So Ryan, what do you think? Let's say you go back to your 2008 self. I think that's when you said you, you uh, started your firm. I think. Um, and what what advice, if you could go back, would you give yourself? I think if I could go back, the advice that I would give myself, I think I would have been a really found a system. And I know that's been a big theme for a lot of the, the maximum lawyers out there is really having a system and staying very organized with intake and case flow. And then also focusing more on the current clients that you have, because that would, that really steamrolls over time. If you just do a really good job with the customer service side, you're going to get a lot of referrals over time. And so part of that is resources though, you know, so you need to, it kind of goes back to when to hire, you know, you, you need to make sure you have enough resources to keep that, that customer service level high. 
So it's a, it's a difficult task, but I think I would be find a software and, and really focus on the existing clients and, and that customer service side of it. And, I'm, and I don't just mean just calling the clients, like we always communicate well with the clients, but I really mean focusing on the workflow and, and the extra contacts with clients and, the, and what sets us apart with the, that extra stuff. So, and I think more importantly, when I, if I could go back in time, it, and it really doesn't have anything to do with the casework itself and software and stuff, but just really, and even in the last year, I've, I've been in a big transition where I've been really focused on, you know, being healthy and staying active because it's, the practice of law is very stressful and, you know, it, it can get ahead of you sometimes. And, and so just really focusing on my health and, you know, being physically and, and mentally fit, I think is, is very important. And so, you know, having a little bit of a, a better balance throughout certain times, because running a law firm is extremely stressful. You know, you, as you guys know, you could probably work 24 seven, 365 days a year and never finish everything. And so finding the balance to, to take care of yourself so you can take care of the people around you, I think is something I would, I would tell myself. All right, Ryan. So for my last question is, how did you find Maximum Lawyer? I think the Haskins brothers, who do my SEO, told me about it. And so I jumped on the Facebook group, and and I love talking about this stuff. You know, I'm a, I'm also on a a Slack group with Tyson, and I could talk about law firm management and personal injury cases and and marketing stuff all day long. And so it was through the Facebook group that that I got involved and and then even when we when I got in the Slack channel with with Tyson, which was kind of random because I met Ryan McKean through Legal X and that's how that kind of came together. So it's a great group. I love that there's a mix of people starting out or wanting to start out with guys like Jay Ruane and and you guys that are very successful and, and run great practices. So you know it's it's a great place to be for everyone. I I think that. You know, having the support of other attorneys and entrepreneurs that all have similar goals is, is very helpful because people will, will readily share information as everyone knows. So, Jimmy, I, I am in a Slack group with this all stems from um, John Fisher's mastermind stuff. We started doing those mini uh, mastermind groups. And so in my group, Jay Ruane, Ryan Sargent, Ryan McKean, Sandy Van, Jim Hart, Chris Nicolason, Billy Terrasio, William Eady, Alex Wynn, and that's it. So it's a pretty damn solid group of people. So I, I like it. It's actually very, very beneficial. So um, I think uh, there's a lot of great information going around in that group. So don't, hey, don't apply. We're, we're booked at capacity, but I just wanted to brag about the people that I get to hang out with. So, um, all right. So I do want to wrap things up. I want to be respectful of your time, Ryan. Before I do, I want to remind everyone to go to the Facebook group. There's a lot of activity going on every single hour. Um, a lot of a lot of great information being shared. So go there. Also, if you don't mind, take a couple minutes. Give us a review on iTunes or get your podcast. Um, it definitely helps with love. And then I've got one additional request. If you will share it with one person, it would be really awesome. And we would appreciate it. Um, and then if you will tell people about the conference, it's been a couple months, actually six weeks. And so I think by the time this comes out, it'll be five weeks. That would be great if you'll share the love. Jimmy, what's your hack of the week? So I've been playing around with my Apple iPhone and specifically with reminders. I, I'm trying to do 
more mindfulness stuff and by giving myself reminders with my iPhone, I found it helpful. But you can also uh, do reminders not based on a date and time, but you can do it based on location. So if you go to reminders in your iPhone, and I'm sure Android has a comparable feature, you can set reminders um, that are location-based. And this is important for me as I get older, and I am older than you two, um, that you can remind yourself to do something when you're at a specific place. So that's that's been helpful for me um, so far, and I'm, I'm going to keep playing around with it. Nice. I think it's funny you you had to tell us that you are older than us, like we didn't already know. So I think that that's kind of funny. <laughs> Maybe you should set yourself a reminder just to let you know that we know that you are older than us. Uh, Ryan, what's your tip for us? Okay, so I'm going to break the rules here. I have two. One is turn off all notifications on your cell phone. You will be amazed at how much less time you spend on your phone. And for those important people in your life that you need to get those text messages and calls, you can allow them to get through. And that puts you in charge of and in control of your text messages, emails. It will save you a ton of time. There's, on your iPhone, there's a screen time app, and you'll watch that go down. And so that's that's my tech tech hack. And one, my second one is, on if you're on Instagram, follow at Tyler McBroom, and it's T Y L E R M C B R O O M, and he has a wealth of tax tips that will save you guys a lot of money. He does some tax advice for me along with my dad, who's a CPA, and both of them give me a lot of good tax advice. But he's got some good stuff for small businesses all right so spell his name one more time it's t-y-l-e-r-m-c-b-r-o-o-m he's the the gary vaynerchuk of the tax world i love it okay cool all right so my tip of the week is actually i couldn't actually wait to share this with people it I know people have heard of Bomb Bomb. I know people have tried it out. They think it's great. I uh, was I was looking to get Bomb Bomb. I want to give clients more updates, um, with, with like video updates. And we had our firm meeting two weeks ago, and, and our theme for the next twelve weeks is prioritize communication. So I was trying to think of ways to do that, and I was checking out Bomb Bomb. I was like, you know what? Let me see what their competitors are. So I went and I found one, and it's Dub D U B B. And I will tell you, it's amazing. Every person that I've shared it with uh, that has used BombBomb and then tried out Dub, because Dub has a free trial, it's a 14-day free trial. They test it out and they're like, oh my gosh, this is so much better than BombBomb. Better than that, it's cheaper than BombBomb. Um, it, is, it is incredible. And one of the coolest features is when you send a video via email to the client, you can have it as a, as a GIF and so or GIF or however the hell you say it. But whenever they open their email, it's, it looks like you're talking, so it makes it more clickable, and they click it, and it, it's amazing. So you, you can track it. You can see how much of the video they've seen. Um, the reporting is much better than BombBomb. It's great. So check it out. It's really, really good. Ryan, thank you so much for coming on. This has been fun. I've, I've, I always have fun talking to you. You're, you're, you're a wealth of information, so thank you so much. I appreciate the, the kind words, and as I said before, I'm, I was super humbled to, to be on the show, and I think it's a a great great show and a great group to be on so follow the facebook group and and get involved thanks ryan thanks guys have a good one appreciate it, jim Bye, Talk guys. To you later. thanks for listening to the maximum lawyer podcast, the maximum lawyer podcast.
to stay in contact with your host and to access more content, content. go to MaximumLawyer.com. Maximum Have a great week and catch you next time.